0: Thomas Green here with Ethical Marketing Service. On the podcast today, we have Ray McKenzie. Ray, welcome. All right, how are you doing? Thank you for having me, by the way. My pleasure. Would you like to take a moment and tell the audience a little bit about yourself and what you do?
1: Yes, so my name is Ray McKenzie. I'm the founder and CEO of Starting Point. Uh, Starting Point is a plug-and-play customer operations platform for professional services-based companies and teams. Mm
0: -hmm. I checked out the site and um, a lot of the tools on there that um, are in your welcome video like Trello and Monday and all those types of popular ones they are there are some of the things that we use so um, totally understand where the value comes in there Um, the topic of conversation at least the planned one was um, starting a tech company Um, are you happy to talk about that
1: yeah definitely it's um It's, it's tough. (laughs) That's the first thing I can say. Uh, It definitely is a challenge. Uh, I'd say, you know, my, my journey started out with, you know, I I spent a number of years in, in corporate America working for tech companies. So I started my career. I'm from California um, now residing in Redondo beach, California. Uh, and spent a considerable amount of my career in San Francisco and Washington, DC, working for early stage and publicly traded tech companies. Okay. And in capacities of operational and technical roles and leadership and executive leadership. Then uh, a company relocated us out to Los Angeles to do a bit of global strategy and service delivery. And, you know, that was another tech company. And then I had other CEOs contact me and I said, Ray, you know, we need help with our companies to help them build, grow and scale. And from an operational process, technology and systems point of view. And I said, okay, well, let's try that out. That turned into a consulting services company named Red Beach Advisors that I still run this day. So Red Beach Advisors is a technology management consulting company helping companies focus on strategy, operational efficiency, and digital transformation through technology. And I started that about seven years ago. And so from there, I had the services company and you know we have great clients, you know, Amazon, Microsoft, Hewlett Packard, Cargill, State Farm, um, some really large Fortune 1000 companies and brands. And the challenge I ran into was, I didn't have a way to see all of their engagement with us. So it's a bunch of different consultants. They're working on projects. The customers have questions. There's goals. There's tasks. There's to-dos. There's, you know, questions. There's files. All of this stuff is coming into my firm. And I don't really have one view into seeing all of that. And so there, and there really weren't a lot of tools. And so, you know, as I as I went out and tried to kind of piece together a solution, I ended up using a lot of the tools that you mentioned earlier. You know, you're trying to use, you know, an Asana, a Monday, a a base camp, a you know, you're using email and G Suite and Excel spreadsheets and you know, project management tools, and none of them really quite worked because I'm paying for all of these different solutions. I not getting the right view that I want to see. Um, I'm still missing items. Some of my team is missing items as well, say when they're going out of the office or when they're on vacation. And I couldn't solve the problem. And so I just decided to build something. And so that started the journey of becoming kind of a a tech startup founder. I then started to build a tool. And in building the tool, I showed it to other service-based companies. And they were interested and they said, Hey, we would, we need something like this. We would definitely like to use this, you know, we need to have one singular unified platform that allows us to see everything that our customers are doing. And that led me to turn what I was building into its own company. And that's how starting point was created. So starting point is a plug and play customer operations platform that replaces a lot of those other tools and allows you to have one single point of view for your help desk customer inquiries, your projects that you're working on for your customers, your files that your clients and customers upload and send to you, um, all of your tasks and checklist items and things you have to get accomplished for your clients are inside the business. And then you're also able to manage your team and your team's performance and goals that you want to reach. And so that allowed us to have kind of one centralized platform that allowed us to manage all of our clients, see all of the activity from our customers, and also be able to manage all the activities from our team around the world in one location. And so it simplified things for us. And so in doing so, now back to the journey itself, this was difficult. So, you know, you always start out with an idea and you start building it and I'm building it from my lens as a business owner as to what I need for myself. And as I did that, that worked out well to a point. However, you know, if you're building something that you want, you also need to make sure everybody else wants it. And so, you know, we went through the path of just talking to a lot of different service-based companies. You know, and just finding out what they wanted, what was important, what features did they need, uh, what made sense for them, what would make their life easier? Because that's really the driving buying factor for people, which is, does this tool make what I need to do easier to get done, simplify it, and am I able to achieve it? You know, if I have to go buy a tool and it takes me, you know, 20 clicks to try to get something accomplished in 30 minutes, That's not really useful for me, and we've all used a lot of those tools in our background. And so, you know, we really set out to build something that was efficient. You know, know, our platform can be deployed within one hour. No actions take more than five clicks, and you know, gosh, it's it's simple to use. And it's it's been a difficult ride. I think the ups and downs as to what you're building, you know, doesn't make sense. Are you building truly what people want? Um, Are you building it in the way your customers and clients want? Um, What adjustments do you need to make? And are you prioritizing it the proper way? And, you know, luckily we've had some great customers, some great clients. Um, They've been able to give a lot of feedback to us, and they've really allowed us to build our product and helped us build our product since we launched it in June of 2020
0: good uh, good background uh before we move away from um the problems of, or the difficulties that you stated what would you say has been the biggest challenge that you've that you've overcome
1: you know what's interesting is because i was building it from a customer perspective the tool because i needed it myself so the tool was wasn't really the challenge it was a lot of the business decisions and how to really grow the business You know like okay so we built the product i know the product because i needed it and we were using it within my consulting firm that's great however how do you build the messaging so that a services company like your own or like others really understand what the problem is so the message while i knew it because i'm looking through my lens I've got to get you to understand what that is so you understand it
0: too in your words. And so- uh, marketing message thing. Exactly, exactly. um, There's a principle or there's a a category, if you like, of um, problems. So uh, the Mm -hmm. the type of, um, I think it's really in relation to sales copy as well. So there's um, a problem that you have that you know you have and you're looking to solve. And there's a problem that you have that you don't know you have um and i guess yours is the latter i suppose
1: exactly exactly i mean it's it's one of those things to where you're looking at a solution and we built a solution and i know i know i i know i have the problem but then also how do i verbalize that and share that in the same concise message for everyone else and so really what uh, kind of what we did was we originally wrote the copy you know thinking oh this is this sounds fantastic this is great Everybody's going to get it. Everybody, once they see this, their lights are going to, the light is going to come on for them and they're going to be like, hey, starting point is a perfect tool for our organization. We wrote the copy. We said, we had a couple of early customers, which is great. We started to do a digital marketing campaign. We got zero results from that campaign. <laughs> the campaign did not work. It failed and people still didn't understand what we did. Um, you know, and it, ta- it taught us a lesson, you know? And it, it was like, hey, even though you understand what you're doing, you have to explain it in a way that other people get it. And we, you know, we were using words that in large Fortune 500 or Fortune 1000 companies, words like um, service delivery and client management, and you know, client delivery; um, those words work great for very, very large companies and Fortune one, Fortune one hundred, Fortune five hundred companies. But those do not resonate with smaller to medium sized service medium or service companies. You know, those are not typically words that are used. You know, and so we had to go back and we essentially talked to, you know, all of our customers and all of our prospects and said, this is the problem we're solving. Can you explain it back to us? And in asking them to do that, then that's how we settled on, you know, our messaging, which is solving the disconnected customer experience. You know, and that's kind of, that's our method, but that was a huge, I can't, I can't, understate how big of a problem that was from a marketing and messaging point of view it took us approximately four months just to get that right so you think you know you think we launched in june our product in june 2020 we did a digital marketing campaign that failed horribly so that's the next month and you're laughing you want to laugh (laughs) because Well, I mean, it, it's as you, you're a
0: business owner or an entrepreneur, so the, the, the concept of failure is just feedback, right? So you got some yeah. pretty harsh feedback there.
1: I, well, the harsh feedback was no feedback, nobody, nobody responded, it's kind of like throwing a party, and absolutely no, and you throwing out a thousand different flyers or notices or messages to people, and absolutely nobody RSVPs for the party, and then they really don't RSVP, they don't really show up, that's a whole other situation, but we did that, we sloshed in June. We did the mark digital marketing campaign. We stopped it in Jang in July because you know we were testing the market and doing some A-B testing. The test told us obviously we failed. We then kind of stopped and said, let's work on the messaging and let's work on improving our product. And so from almost June to November, our we still continued to sell the product, but at the same time, it was all about let's really nail our messaging. Let's nail our value proposition. Let's nail um, who our target buyer is and speak to them in their language. And that helped us, you know, figure out what we needed to do, you know. And so, next thing you know, we come out in November and we've got, you know, a revised website, revised messaging. And you know it's something that we continuously tweak and mess with. but yeah, that was a, that was a huge challenge for us.
0: It's interesting that you um, you picked up on what the issue is because I mean some entrepreneurs or business owners, they don't know that that's a problem. So um, you know it will be a, uh, a typical like four page website sending traffic to this website and let's just see how it goes type thing. And then if that particular marketing doesn't work, let's say then they'll, they'll establish that that media, for example, Facebook or whatever it might be, that media just doesn't work for me or my business and then they'll never do it again. Why is it that you came to a different conclusion?
1: Um, Because money was behind it. Yeah. <laughs> it. Yeah. I wish there was, uh, you know, a lot of people put out a website and like you said, they do exactly what you're saying. They fire up a website and they put it out on, on the internet and then they start to slowly promote it. And they hope people find it. They hope um, the messaging works. You truly can't get feedback until you you really start to ask clients and customers. And so that's, that's one of the challenges. And so for us, when we put money behind it, because we are bootstrapped to date, you know, we're watching every dollar that's going out of the business. And we wanna make sure that every dollar that we send out of the business has some sort of return attached to it. And so for that, our big thing is, hey, let's do this campaign. Let's see what the results are. Let's see what our traffic looks like. Let's see if people understand what we're doing. And they just did it. And so that kind of intuitively told us, told me, we've got to change this. You know, we've something, something, this is something that it, we've talked to 150 service-based companies. and they all said we need a tool like this and then we come out and we publish messaging and a website and nobody says they want it so there's a disconnect and that disconnect was simply the story we were telling
0: fascinating so um in in that interim where you were getting feedback what did that look like were you just emailing people or surveys or can you explain that um it was all
1: calls you know it was actually setting up time with people and having a conversation with them for 30 minutes you know not something that's easy to do by no means you know but it was something that we had to go through it was like you know because if you say one if you send a survey we know from a marketing perspective you're going to get maybe a three to five percent return on your survey You know, like the the survey responses don't really give you the insight. So what we did was in emails going back and forth and emails don't really give you the insight as well, because somebody can say, oh, you just need to change your website. Oh, I don't necessarily like this message or, oh, I don't. it, It needs to be a bit more interactive, you know, which is why I think sometimes companies should use, you know, maybe focus groups a bit more you know instead of just relying on you know surveys and and emails to get feedback sometimes you need to actually do that live testing with people understand their emotion understand if they can explain your product back to you um and so we did a lot of calls you know which was hey tell me what you think this does and a lot of the times when we would have calls with random prospects, they would be like, oh, we thought your tool did this. And sometimes they'd be like, hey, this works for us. And this is even better than what we have. And sometimes they'd say, this isn't what we're looking for. That's fine. The challenge is that first part, which is, oh, we thought your product did something else. And so that's what we wanted to solve. And so in just in talking with people it was, "Oh, what problem are you looking to solve?" And or "How would you explain what our value prop is back to you, Back to me. Explain it back to me. Tell me what you think it is." And so just having those actual conversations and live feedback takes 15-20 minutes and and they'll, they'll you know, I say the one thing people are always willing to give you is an opinion. They won't give you money. they necessarily won't intentionally give you their time but people will always try to give you their opinion
0: on something that's great great message um it reminds me of because i i typically don't have a great and this is my opinion um a great (laughs) uh, market research but that kind of market research sounds just invaluable
1: yeah i think um Talking to, just talking to your prospects, talking to your target customers, um, and it, it it helped us so much over those four months, you know. And one of the challenges from startup companies is trying to find your target customer too, and trying to find your target customer is not always as easy as you think. Like you're like, hey, I know I'm building it for myself. Companies like my own. Things like that. But then once people start really using the tool, then you can really nail in from a a, a a kind of buyer persona perspective and find out who your target buyer is, what industry, who you need to talk to to sell it, who's got to make the decision, who has the authority to make the decision to use it and go from there.
0: Did you have any intention when you built it? Did you have any anything in the back of your mind that was like, you know, maybe this could be something for someone else, or was it purely, I'm just gonna build something for myself?
1: No, it. Um, yeah, so when, when I started, it was all let's focus on small to medium-sized, you know, service-based firms. So whereas you're working with external clients, you're working with, um, you know, a distributed team inside your business, Um, You've got questions coming into the business. You've got projects you need to facilitate. You've got tasks that need to handle. You've got people you need to report to quickly. And as we started showing it to more people, that was correct. But then there were other applications of the tool as well. And the other use case of it, and we have two, and, and we have like a professional services use case. And then we also have a shared services use case. And the shared services use case is the use case that popped up, which is we have in there's in larger companies, you have internal departments that service internal groups. And so those are kind of called shared shared services units, departments. And for the most part, these departments don't have tools. You just kind of have to send an email over to um, Sherry and Mark And hopefully they get it or somebody picks it up and responds back. Or Sherry and Mark are working on a project for John in sales and they don't know who's working on what, nothing's tracked, And then John has to email into Mark and say, Mark, do you know how this project is going inside? I need this document. And John is like, Sherry's working on it. So then he has to CC Sherry. And there's absolutely no visibility or transparency in terms of what's going on. And so as we started showing it to some of my colleagues that I worked with previously in larger companies, they were like, this would work great in some of our internal shared services departments because they're fielding calls from 50 different salespeople into one sales operations team. Or you've got one marketing department and you've got seven different regions that need marketing support and marketing materials. And, you know, we all have been inside these large companies to where people are saying, hey, do you have an update on this? Or hey, did you get my question here? Or hey, what do I need to provide you so you can be able to do your job? And hey, I need to report up to my executive management, how do I do that quickly? And These are questions that we've all had inside of shared services groups or working with shared services organizations. And so, as we started showing it to other companies, they were like, we could use this inside the company. And so, whereas it was originally built for external use for smaller professional services, consulting groups, agencies, um, financial firms, things like that, now we've got a use case that highlights internal shared services communication in customers
0: so would you say it was demand that gave you the idea to have it as a separate company more than it was kind of a entrepreneurial thing so people are um, requesting it because if uh, just I'd, to give you a context i as soon as i think of a cool tool or something that um let's say uh, like a business idea of some sort i immediately think you know how how could this would be in the market and i've already got plans even though i have, you know i may not follow them through so i'm just trying to get an idea of whether or not you those thoughts are, are with you at that time
1: it was it was more so demand you know which is i started building it for myself and then i was like hey let, and this is part of being a new entrepreneur is you have to share your idea with people and get feedback. And that leads to, you know, you have to be vulnerable. You know, nobody will, hey, if you, like I said, if you ask some people for their opinion or their feedback, sometimes it's going to hurt. Um, And so as we built it, it was more like, let's show it. And then as we showed it, people were like, that's something we could use. And then since they said that's something we could use, I was like, let's turn it into its own company itself. Instead of selling it as a unit of Red Beach Advisors, my consulting firm, it was more so let's break this out. This could be its own company and the demand is there. And you know, the challenge is always, you just have
0: to show more people. Did you get anyone who was like, yeah, I don't like it? <laughs> um,
1: we haven't gotten anybody that said that. I
0: was just looking no, for no. that one, 1%. <laughs> You know that you know the reviews, the hundreds of positive reviews on the listing, and then there's that one person who gives the one star I, negative feedback
1: you know i wouldn't say I wouldn't say they didn't like it. it was more of a it didn't solve the challenge that they felt they had at that time, and you know sometimes people have different needs, you know in this tool in this world of all of these different tools that are out there, people are always trying to connect one system to another in an easy way. And so, like, for instance, we talked to we talked to an insurance company very early on out of Texas, and they were like, well, we're looking for a platform, and this goes back to our incorrect messaging, they were like, we're looking for an, uh, a platform that can tie, you know, that can message out insurance quotes to people and individuals and you know be able to customers will be able to log in they'll be able to retrieve their insurance quotes that come from another system and make it easy for them and we were like well we don't do that and he was like i like your platform but it just doesn't do what we needed to do you know and that's that's one of those fork in the road situations To where, you know, okay, you take that feedback in and you're like, okay, well, he needs this feature, he needs this, he's an insurance company. Do we build our product to go do that? And at the end of the day, we were just like, no, you know, because that's not where our that's not what we built the tool for. That's not where our expertise came from. And that's not what the 150 people we had previously talked to told us they wanted. And so that's you. Know, I, I'd say we haven't got a wow. I don't like it. It's more of a this doesn't solve the problem we're looking for. Um, surprisingly, you know, we've gotten really good feedback from people who actually didn't, who chose to not buy at the end of the day. You know, and they've been like, "Hey, you're." T-, they'll, they'll always ask how long it took to build it and when it launched, and then we say, hey, you know, we launched our product in June and they're like, that's a, this is a product that looks like it's been in the market for three years. And so we get great feedback from, you know, how we built the product along with the feedback we've gotten from our customers. And sometimes it's just not the problem that companies want to solve at the time, you know, and it doesn't work for every scenario. You know, we talked to a company recently, a very large international company, um, And they were looking for more of a B2C solution for their customers, you know? And so they have, you know, 30,000, 50,000 customers and even more than that. And they were looking for a very similar platform to the insurance company where their clients could easily ask questions and manage, uh, manage incidents and, you know, service calls and things like that. And our tool is a B2B tool, it's not a B2C tool. And so, you know, that's, that's, that was just the issue It's sometimes it's not what people are really looking for at that time.
0: So are you um, fully into this business or are you still doing some consulting um, at the same time, I guess, um, to get an idea of what your situation is, some people when they start up a tech um, firm, they get some like finance and they've got like a burn rate, Um, but if you're being supported by your consulting company just just sort of wondering what your situation is there
1: yeah i'd probably say i'm about 90 10 so starting point is about 90 percent of the time i spend um and 10 percent of the time i'm usually invested in my consulting firm you know and that's mainly from an oversight point of view which is hey, managing clients client communication and making sure projects are getting delivered um, but starting point is kind of uh, obviously that's the growth engine um it's kind of where we're going and uh where I'm going and where the business is going and so that's that's kind of the
0: the the baby so um are you do you like it cuz it's scalable
1: yes <laughs> in an easier way i think um you know running a consult- consulting firm a services based firm is always the turn and burn and and you well know which is hey you find a client you have to continuously go get new clients all the time, um, and you're working with great people along the way, and you know you're getting the allure of it is you're always working on a new project, you're always working on something that's new, something that's exciting. You're able to be creative, you're able to deliver great quality work, um, and produce and see those you know productions come to life. the The challenge with that is that churn and burn, which is hey, I always need to go out and find a new client. And so it was, Hey, if there's a way and mind you, I didn't plan on this, but if there's a way to build a software that can generate revenue, um, you know, recurring revenue easily as a software company, you're providing a service to people. It makes life a bit easier in that regard, you know, and it's a, it's a more scalable product, you know, where I don't have to have one call with a customer or a client every week i don't have to you know actually put hands to keyboard every day on a client to help move their their service forward their project forward or consistent deliverables it's something to where hey we built it the product works as it is Um, other companies can use it it's scalable and it, it makes life a bit easier to grow the business. And it exponentially allows you to go from a certain level of revenue to up here with less effort.
0: Well, I spoke to, I had a conversation with, um, his name was Bharat Kanodia, and he's a business valuation guy. And he said that a SaaS company um, like yours, um, where it's recurring revenue um, is actually, I think it's 10x times, um, like the valuation is something like 10 times for SaaS companies than it is for service-based companies. Mm -hmm. So like um, if you wanted to, and this gets to my next question, which is about your exit strategy, I always like to ask about that. Um, But if if you were looking at the valuation of the company, that type of revenue, SaaS recurring revenue is viewed as like extremely um, more valuable than service-based. Industries because of like the reasons that you just said, um, but would you like to? Uh, can you share your exit strategy? Yeah, that's on?
1: true. It's the um, valuation of service-based companies can either be, any, depending upon the company, can be one to three times your revenue. And there's a lot of different factors that play into that, which is you know your customers, the logos, you know the services you provide, you know how unique those that off-service offering is. Uh, one to three times is is kind of what I've seen in the market. Typically more one to two times your gross revenue. Um, however, the SaaS business is does have a huge, different valuation because, you know, when you're, say, if somebody's looking at you to acquire the business, they can come in and say, hey, we're going to buy your business. And it's really just a transition. They just got to throw marketing and sales dollars at it and this just continues to to push it forward so the the multiples i've seen are anywhere from eight to twelve you know typically ten is the average but anywhere from eight to twelve based upon the software the business how large the market is and the price point um our extra strategy for starting point you know at, at this point i think we've got you know this is very very early for us you know we're we're one year in um and probably look down the line, we'd say this could easily be—I wouldn't say easily, because nothing is easy in this whole journey. Nothing is easy, but we feel that our business could be, you know, a business that does one hundred, two hundred million dollars a year um, in in gross revenue over the course of the next five to seven years, uh, simply because of how, the value we provide companies. You know, the number of companies that need our tool, um, the ease of use, and you know the value that it provides. Um, You know, we've had clients and testimonials on our website that are, you know, gosh, I'll tell you this. We had a call with a customer, um, I'd say a week ago, a week and a half ago. And I'm kicking myself over this because I didn't record it. (laughs) And they went on for about three minutes, telling us how our tool made their life easier, just how it drove more efficiency into their business and made it easier for them to manage up the bottom up and top down. So they were able to manage their, you know, executive management and provide reports easily. They were able to manage their team and their team's utilization and what everybody was working on. And then their, their internal colleagues and customers just felt it was so simple to get responses back. And so it helped them manage everything across their business. He went on for three minutes, you know, glowing about how well our product was. And with that, it's, it's something to where we think, you know, our product, as more people learn about it, can help more companies and be a 100 to $200 million annual revenue business. Um, and hopefully in five to seven years. However, you know, you know, when you start to get on the radar of companies, there's always people that are looking to maybe acquire the business or things like that. I think right now our driving point would be let's go out and let's build the best business we can and build it to a 100 to 200 million annual gross revenue business, if not more than that.
0: So is that um, what your goals are? Because I, I, like I said, I did want to ask you about that. Is that,
1: yeah, I'd say, you know, I I think we've got some, we've got some short-term goals and some long-term goals, you know, uh, um, short-term goals over the next three, six, nine months, obviously right now the product we've, we've got a great product now. Um, we want to continue to innovate, you know, innovating the product is always a big thing. Um, we want to make sure that we're providing value to our customers and clients. What they need in the product is what we want to try to build um, and build it with them telling us, hey, this makes sense. This is what we need. Uh, So I think, you know, innovation is obviously key over the next three to six months. We want to continue to grow the product. Um, Our next big thing is obviously we want to continue to um, grow sales. You know, revenue, it's all driving, driving revenue. That's the number one thing on, on the mind daily. Um, How do we increase that and where do we get? And hopefully we get to a point at the end of the year to where we're doing close to half a million dollars or a million dollars in annual revenue, acquiring revenue. So, you know, we're pushing towards that number. Uh, And then the other thing is, is developing partnerships with good companies, you know, and, and finding out who kind of allows us to, um, be a good strategic partner for us, um, to allow us to pr- bring value to them, but also they bring value to us. And so for short-term goals, you know, hopefully we're able to acquire two to three of those strategic partners that make sense for us, um, and continue to kind of move things forward. You know, long-term, you know, I, we want to get to a point to where we are a, you know, a hundred, two million annual recurring revenue business. That's kind of where we want to go. Um, and I, I believe we can get there, you know, as we kind of grow and continue to share our message and bring on new fantastic talent, I think over time we'll get
0: there. And what will that give you when you, uh, when you get there?
1: Yeah, I think it's a, a sense of satisfaction and success. I think, um, Pride. you know, in my career, yeah, in, in my career, interesting enough, it's, you know, it's, it's one of those things to where we want to do things that I I want to do things that other people haven't generally done before. You know, I want to break barriers, I want to achieve a level of, of, of success or accomplishments. Um, It's not necessarily so much a monetary thing, it's more so, hey, I was able to do this. And then in saying that, I'm able to show or tell other people, Hey, this is how you do this. And, and then be an actual demonstration of somebody who actually accomplished these things and achieved these things that other people generally don't learn how to do, you know, so uh, that's a kind of a big thing, which is, Hey, okay, well, the first thing is a lot of people don't start businesses. That's one. So then, Hey, Going to people and being like, hey, you can start a business, because I did it. And then being able to start a business and have it be a successful business or firm. So I've been able to create a successful services-based firm. And then go out and say, let's undertake another challenge. Let's build a software. Okay, well, now we've built a software that actually really works. Then you go out and build a software company. Which is a different thing. And we're, we're because the software company and a services company are two different types of companies and undertakings. And so now we've built a software company. Now it's a matter of continuing to grow that business effectively and be able to impact, you know, people's lives and, and how they work. That's really where we're at. And so, and each step along the way is, is a challenge you know i've got a a list within starting point of things that we need to get done from a project perspective and task perspective um and that's that's kind of where we're at which is you know i really just want to try to continue to accomplish and achieve items uh, that you know sometimes i didn't even think about doing you know and hey i didn't learn about a lot of these things or steps you know in school they don't teach you Hey, go be an entrepreneur. Sometimes in school, they don't teach you, Hey, you can go out and build a software company. Um, you know, they, there's no classes that say, Hey, this is a build a software company. one oh one. you know, you don't, you don't have that opportunity, you don't have that understanding. This is it. And so to, and so this is it, you know, real life training, you know, oh, you want to work for your, you know, there's entrepreneurship classes and things like that at certain high level universities and more universities are building that curriculum. But there's nothing that says, hey, this is a class that's going to teach you how to build a functional
0: startup. Um, I, I have to do it because um, it's just perfect timing. You kind of led me into this one. So how do, <laughs> how do you build a software company?
1: Gosh. well, uh, the first thing it starts with is you have an idea and you write the idea down on paper. That's the first thing, first and foremost thing, because you have an idea, you have to make it real. And I'm big about that. So, you know, if you have something you want to get done and, you know, I was talking to another colleague of mine the other day and he was like, hey, if you have goals, write the goals down. You know, if you, if you, yeah, I think the same thing with ideas. If you have ideas, you write the idea down and you may come up with a list of 10 different ideas. The next thing you do is you talk to different people about your ideas who understand the concept. Don't talk to people who have no clue about what you're doing. Like if somebody came to me and said, Hey Ray, I want to start a coffee business. I'd be like, I'm not the person to talk to because I don't drink coffee. But talk to people who have some sort of experience in that area about that idea and say, hey, does this idea make sense? Does it is it something worth undertaking? Is it something worth building? And then hopefully with that idea, you get some feedback from people, which is, like I said, everybody loves to give opinions. Take advantage of that in the right context. (laughs) And so. You get get those fe- get that feedback and say oh yeah this would make sense or oh yeah this makes sense and if you're building something that you need for yourself you still want to ask other people who have companies like yours and so write it down first down thing write down the idea second thing go get opinions and feedback on your idea third thing is quantify how much it's going to take to actually make that idea as real as possible so how long to, to formulate the business. Um, that's going to be a cost, um, to actually build the software. How many hours do you anticipate or what does that software look like? What do the features look like? Um, what do you want to build? Have some sort of, uh, sketched product roadmap around what you want to build, what kind of value it's going to drive, then go out and you're going to take a look and say, is what I'm building. What these people that I originally talked to about the idea wanted? or said would be a good idea. And so as you go through that process of building or sketching out what it's going to look like, come back to those people and start saying, hey, is this what it is? is this, does this make sense? Is this, what, is this kind of what you figured? And some people come back and say, oh, well, I thought you were building this. And some people will say, oh, I think you're spot on. But that sketch allows you to kind of keep that track or vision of what you want to build or the problem you want to
0: solve. Just to touch on tech side of things. um, Do you have all the development background? Or did you outsource that? And if so, what, um,
1: I have a light development background, um, a heavier project management background, product management background. And so I actually outsourced the development to start. Okay.
0: So so, how, how did you do that?
1: Um, I actually found partners from my consulting firm. So I had a lot of development companies that wanted to partner with, you know, my firm Red Beach Advisors that I developed relationships with for the previous like five, six years. And so when it came down time to actually kick off the development of the software, then I just farmed it out to those different groups to say, hey, give me a quote, you know, and so I already had relationships with those teams.
0: And to incentivize them, do they have like a share in the business? No. <laughs> I, the best way about that no is the way you said it.
1: <laughs> no, no, they do not. No, so that, that is, was
0: essentially is, in exchange for a fee then, yeah?
1: Yeah, this is my problem, this is my idea, and go back to the idea, everything, every idea starts with a problem you want to solve. And so, you know, that's that's part of the process.
0: Because I've heard of some uh examples of that where they've um been strung along a little bit. So um here's my idea, here's the um the tech people that are gonna build it for me. And then months go on and they haven't got any closer to their to their goal. So that's presumably about the relationships with the people that you have. Or what are your thoughts yes. on that? Software
1: development people are just like salespeople, they're um coin operated, Which is if, people want to get paid for their services not everybody sees your vision for the long term more than likely there's going to be a limited amount of people that see the long-term value in what you're doing so to get short-term results you have to pay them you have to pay people you know sales people want to get paid software developers and software development companies want to get paid. Because they, people just, everybody doesn't necessarily see the value long-term. You know, like if I go to, if I go to somebody and say, hey, I'm building this, hey, would you want to work for free until, for three to five years until we get a payoff? Not many people are going to have that faith. And so, you know, if you want to get results from people, you got to compensate them via sales and via dollars, you know, dollars, cents, you know, whatever the currency
0: is at the time. And what do you think about raising finance to do that?
1: Um, I think there's a, there's a capability of doing so, you know, and it just depends on your idea, your network of individuals, um, getting people to believe in that vision, uh, getting people to understand what you're doing and how, and, and then believing that you can execute, you know, for, for me, you know, and this kind of goes into a whole other discussion, but you know, I, one, I'm a black founder. It, the numbers are well-documented in terms of being able to go out and raise capital as a black founder. Um, well, I wanted
0: to, or could, do you have an idea of what they are?
1: Um, it's it's very minuscule. There's probably about anywhere from, you know, two to three percent of all venture capital dollars go to black founders annually. And so with that, you know, to try to get to those two to three percent numbers, that's generally difficult. And And so my idea coming into building starting point was the same idea I had for Red Beach Advisors, which is let's not come in and have an idea on a piece of paper that's solving a problem. Let's go out and take that idea and bring it to life and build a business around it first. So that if we want to raise capital, we go out and we show a business that people can invest in, not an idea
0: or a concept or a prototype. You went uh, with sort of the product first, and showed the value and presumably the first few customers that you got that helped with cash flow would you say
1: yeah definitely mm. definitely i mean i wanted to just build a business you know i think if if you've built something that you're not making money from that's a hobby you know or if you're doing something if you're doing work for people and then you're not making money for it that's a hobby you know and and so, I wanted to build a functional business that was we have a product, we've got all the components of a functional business, and we've got revenue. You know, and we've got a way to get more revenue and then that story is a lot more compelling to people instead of saying, "Hey, I've just got this idea I want to build," and I think it's gonna be a billion dollar company one day and you know, it, believe in me and it, it give me whatever a quarter of a million dollars or half a million dollars to kind of get this started. It was more so a let's go out, let's build an actual business, let's get a name to it, let's get a logo, let's get a functional product, let's get customers, let's get revenue, let's get testimonials, let's get all of this functionality in. And then we can go to people and we can say, hey,
0: do you want to join us along for the ride? Well, congratulations on building your company.
1: No, thank you. I it's it's a challenge. Um, you know, sometimes I think people say, Hey, you should be prouder of what you've done. Um I don't have time to think about <laughs> to soak in what we built so far. I don't have time for that. I've got to, we've got to, we've got a forward looking motion and we're kind of moving things forward.
0: Well, that that um, mentality can certainly be um, fruitful, I suppose, in terms of getting to the outcome. Um, I have spoken to some, should we say stoics, or people who advocate the, the stoic philosophy. And it's that the, um, the work, uh, like, enjoy your work. And the outcome is never guaranteed or something along those lines. I probably botched that quote. But I do think that you should be um, very proud of what you've done. So well done.
1: Yeah, no, thank you. Thank you. And and yeah, it's, you know, I say this all the time, which is, you know, I think there's a difference between this is fun. This is fun. This is a challenge. You know, this is this is exciting because no day is the same in a startup world. No day is exactly the same. And so I take pride and enjoyment in the fun of it, which is every day is different. You know, and there's a different challenge to get completed. And you know, as you know, while I'm not able to sit back and say, "Oh yeah, I've built this business, and yeah, the software is great, and yeah, we've got customers, and let's just hang out today and do that," I love tackling challenges. So wake up every day, and there's something else I can get done to move this business forward.
0: And so, so awesome.
1: yeah.
0: What's Other other than the goals. What's next for you?
1: Um, let's see. Gosh, today my boys have baseball practice. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, there's always a there's always a component of the family time. Um, you know, we just got back from Las Vegas for baseball as well. Um, so, you know, yeah, what's next today? I think, gosh, you know, continuing on that path, we're exploring if you know we're gonna we're gonna build some different features and functionality. Um, you know the, the, the innovation, sales and and continued marketing And continued growth, and then obviously family time. So yeah, that's kind of what's next so far. So just you know we'll stay in touch and and stay along for the journey. And if there's any way I can help you, um, you know feel free to reach out and we'll I'll, you know we'll go from there.
0: Sounds good to me. Thank you for the uh, the information and the the story. I think it's a really interesting conversation. And um, where is the best place for people to find you?
1: Um, people can find me on LinkedIn as kind of the universal place. So uh, Raymond McKenzie, you'll find me there. Uh, and then you can also find me on Twitter at um, RayMC209. M- R-A-Y, um, and then obviously Starting Point, www.startingpoint.ai. And that's the company. So feel free to check it out.
0: That's a cool domain. Dot AI.
1: Yeah, yeah. We're we're building, we're building, trying to build some intelligent solutions so people can do what make work easier. Okay.
0: Well, thank you again for the value and Ray McKenzie. I will speak to you soon. All right. Thanks a lot, Thomas.